Heavenly Father, it is a wonderful thing to know you and we know you because you have revealed yourself in your word. Lord, help us to be able to comprehend your word here this morning. Help us to be able to fathom what you are saying and then be ready to have our hearts changed as a result. May we not read these words and they just sink into our mind and have no effect upon our lives. But may these words change and transform our hearts so that we are more like your Son, Jesus Christ. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Well, I think we all know what it is to have hope, to hope in something. When we hope in something, we are trusting that that something that we are hoping in will bring us happiness, that it will bring us pleasure. And I think we know what it is to hope in something because it starts very young. The desire for happiness and pleasure starts young. And so I think even at this stage, my son Joshua, who's only 10 months old, he already knows what it is to hope in something. And I saw this clearly uh, a week or so ago when I was eating an ice cream in front of him. He's kind of got the idea that whatever Dad eats is generally pretty yummy. Whatever he is served up isn't always that yummy. And so if Dad is eating something, it must be good. And so he crawls over, climbs up uh, and stands there and wants something of what I'm having. And I gave him some ice cream. I let him lick and he sort of opened up his mouth and a little tongue poked out and he didn't really get much. And so then I'm licking away and he's wanting more and I kept giving it to him and he's hoping in this ice cream that it'll keep coming. And then I, I had a fair bit left and I just threw it all into my mouth and showed him an empty hand. And the look of sadness that poured across his face showed that he was hoping that the ice cream would be unending, that it would continue going on and on. And it's a good illustration because often we do hope in food to bring us pleasure, to bring us happiness. We place our hopes in food that they will be the source of our enjoyment. But we don't just hope in food. We hope in many things. As we grow up, our hopes turn just from hoping in food to other things. We hope in material possessions, that they will bring us happiness, that if I have a nice house, if I have a nice car, if I have lots of money, I will be a happy person. We place our hopes in the material possessions that we see that others have and if we had them, we would be happy as well. We also place hope in experiences, that if I experience this thing, I will be happy. And so we put our hope in experiences like holidays, like television and movies. If I just see that movie, I'm going to be happy during that movie. We place our hopes in books, uh, Maybe not so many people today as in the past, but I definitely place my hopes in books at times. I love books and I love to read and they bring me a source of happiness and so I put my hopes in them. We place our hopes in music, go to rock concerts. Maybe not so many of us here uh, go to rock concerts, but we place our hope in that and if I get this CD, I will be a happy person. If I just get the latest music from my favourite artist, I will be a happy person. So we place our hopes in experiences. We also place our hopes in people, those people around us. We put our hopes in them that they will make us happy. We put our hopes in girlfriends and boyfriends that if we have them, we will be happy. Then when we have a wife or a husband, we place our hopes in them that they will make us happy. And then if we have children, the children will make us happy. 
And then, you know, we have the extended family, the mothers and the fathers and the sisters and the brothers and the cousins and the second cousins and the aunts and the uncles and the friends that we make as well along the way. We don't just have family members, we have friends and we think that they will make us happy and so we hope that they will. We also place our hopes in morality and being a good person, don't we? If I'm a good person, I will be a happy person. So I strive at being the good person that I should be. And so I seek after those feelings that I get when I'm a good person because they make me happy. Like when you give to the poor or you're generous to someone. You get that warm, fuzzy feeling in your chest that you have done the right thing and so you hope in that to give you pleasure. And so if I give more and more or maybe go overseas as some sort of missionary or aid worker, I will be a happy person. We all have hopes. And this morning I want to look at a particular hope. I want to look at the hope of a particular woman that we have recorded for us in John's Gospel, the hope of Mary Magdalene. And so if you've got uh, your Bibles there, it would be good to have them open at the passage that we had read for us from John chapter 20, which if you've got a Black Church Pew Bible, that's page 1074, 1074, and we'll be looking particularly at the passage from verses 10, little number 10, down to verse 16 and looking at Mary's hope. And the first point I want to make about Mary's hope is that it's a failed hope. A failed hope. How do we know that Mary's hope here has failed her? Well, she's crying. When do we cry? We cry when that hope that we had in something to bring us happiness fails. And we see here that Mary is crying and we're reminded again and again in the passage that she is crying. If you look at verse uh, 10, it says, Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. First mention that she's crying. Then continue verse 11. As she wept and saw... So second uh, instance of crying that she's upset is there in verse 11. As she wept... Then she bent over to look into the tomb, saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Third mention of crying. She's very upset here and it's evident to those around her. It's not these tears from within, it's tears that are visible to these angels. And she replies, They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there but she did not realise it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Fourth mention of crying. She is very upset here. And she's upset, why? Because a hope that she has had has failed her. What is that hope that has failed her? Well, she had hoped that Jesus would be the conquering Messiah, that he would take over Jerusalem, that he would reign supreme, that everyone would flock to him. He would be the king of Israel and reign there in Jerusalem and everyone would be happy and everybody would have the pleasure of seeing Jesus as the king over the Jews as he should be. But that hope that she has had that Jesus would be the conquering king there in her day in Jerusalem, visibly there, has failed. How has it failed? Well, Jesus has died. He died on the cross and so that hope that she had in Jesus has failed her. He's dead and so she's upset. And then 
It's not just the hope that uh, she had in Jesus, conquering king. She had another hope. What was her intention of coming here to the tomb? She's been coming here to mourn over Jesus' body, to wrap it in spices. She's brought along spices to to care for his body in a way uh, that she uh, wants to show respect to him. She'd hoped to mourn appropriately for Jesus. And what had happened to that hope? Well, it's been dashed as well. The body has disappeared. She can't mourn for him in the way that she wanted to. So she's had two hopes dashed. One was that Jesus was killed, but then she thought, at least I'll console myself by being able to appropriately care for his body. But that's been taken away as well. And so she mourns for this lost hope, these two lost hopes that she had. And people still mourn for failed hopes today, just like Mary did. When do we cry? Well, it's when something that we hoped in doesn't happen. And all those things that I mentioned before that we hope in, we often experience a loss in them that they fail us and so we are upset. Those material possessions that we hope in to bring us happiness, they're stolen or ruined. Some disaster comes along and uh, uh, your house is is destroyed or at least a branch falls off a tree and, and caves it in. All that hope that you had in the house to bring you happiness is destroyed or it just simply brings you emptiness. As you gather the possessions around you, you start to feel that they aren't delivering what they were supposed to do. They're failed hopes. And those experiences that we always look to for happiness, they fail us as well. The movies that we enjoy so much that are going to bring us happiness, the credits eventually roll up. The TV show that we loved dearly and made it to ten seasons, it eventually finishes. We have the series finale. MASH did come to an end eventually. They do, those things that we enjoy so much, they do eventually end. And the music track ends, the holiday ends, you have to come home eventually unless you have squillions of dollars. All those things that we long for as an experience to bring us happiness they do fail. And what about those people that we hope in? Well, they fail us as well. If you haven't been failed by people, then you must be living on your own and not actually having any relationships with anyone. The boyfriends, the girlfriends, the husbands, the wives, they will fail us. The children will fail us. The mothers and the fathers, they will fail us at points. The hopes that we have of happiness from them, they will fail. The friends that we love so dearly, may stab us in the back and they will fail us as well. And even that hope that we have if I'm a good person, I will be happy, that fails us as well because we soon realise that it's not easy to be a good person and every step I take forward, it seems that I take two steps back and that warm, fuzzy feeling I have of being generous isn't so warm and fuzzy once I run out of cash. And it doesn't last even when I am generous. I have to keep on giving if I'm going to get that warm, fuzzy feeling that makes me happy from being generous. But maybe you're one of these unique people here who doesn't know any failed hopes. You've found something that always brings you happiness in one of these things. It's possessions, maybe some sort of experience, maybe some person. But I want to remind you this morning that death will eventually snatch away all those hopes. You can't take your possessions with you. 
the experiences stop with death, the people that you associate with that may bring you great happiness, when you die, they will be left behind. Death will catch up with you eventually and take away all those hopes, those things that you hoped in to bring you happiness and they will turn out to be failed hopes. Well, you might be thinking, what a depressing sermon here. Mary is, has a failed hope and Joel has then just gone and dashed all the hopes of everyone in the room uh, we have in possessions and experiences and people. Um, we're all going to die. There's no reason to hope in anything. Is there any hope that is worth hoping in? Is there anything that we can hope in that won't fail us? And that brings me to my second main point. Not a failed hope. Mary's hope wasn't a failed hope. It was not misplaced hope by her and the disciples. Yes, Jesus died, but he did not stay dead. Jesus didn't stay dead. He's missing here in this passage, not because someone has taken the body away, as Mary thinks. She says to the angels in verse 13, they have taken my Lord away, and I don't know where they have put him. And then when she speaks to Jesus, thinking he's the gardener, she says in verse 15, uh, thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, you have, if you have carried him away, she thinks someone's carried him away, the body isn't missing because someone snatched it. The body's missing because Jesus didn't stay dead. He came back to life and he shows up here in the garden. He shows up, he's mistaken for the gardener but then recognised as Jesus himself. He didn't stay dead. So he is not a misplaced hope. He is the one hope that actually conquers death. Remember, all other hopes will be shown to be failures because death will eventually snatch them away. All the possessions that we have, all the experiences, all the people that we know that we hope in, they will all end in death. Except Jesus. He's the one person that has conquered death. And so when we hope in him, we know that death cannot take him away from us. That death doesn't snatch away that hope. There's a wonderful um, title for a book, probably the best title of any book that I know, by John Owen, a Puritan back in um, hundreds of years ago in England. John Owen, he wrote a book and he called it The Death of Death in the Death of Christ. The Death of Death in the death of Christ. And that's what happened at the cross. Death was conquered. The death that takes away all other hopes was conquered with Jesus Christ. And so he is not a failure. He is not someone that is a failed hope. He is a true hope that conquers death. So why don't people recognise Jesus as the right hope? He is the only one who conquered death. Why do people still chase after possessions, still chase after experiences, still chase after people to bring them happiness? Why don't they recognise Jesus as the one hope that can deliver? Well, I think we get a clue from Mary here in the garden as to why people don't recognise Jesus as the true hope. Mary, I think, is so upset about a failed hope that she doesn't see the true hope for what it is. She's clearly still very upset here. I outlined how we can see that she's upset 
but we know that she's really upset about her failed hope because she doesn't start to recognise the clues that she was hoping in the right thing after all. How do we see this? Well, she sees two angels in the tomb of Jesus. And what does she do? She continues crying. Verse 11, well, we'll start verse 10. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And what do the angels then ask her? They don't ask her, why have you stopped crying, woman? They say, woman, why are you still crying? Why are you crying here? Why are you crying? She's seen two angels, not one angel, two. And she's not just seen them, they've spoken to her. If an angel was to appear to you and then a second one was there as well and then they didn't just appear in dazzling white there, they actually spoke to you, wouldn't you recognise that something extraordinary is going on here and that I'd better start thinking about where my hopes are placed? But what does she do? She continues crying. They say, woman, why are you crying? And she continues thinking that Jesus' body has just been snatched. She says, they've taken my Lord away. Someone's taken my Lord away. And she said, and I don't know where they're putting. And then, not just seeing two angels and doesn't recognise, she then sees Jesus himself and doesn't recognise him. Verse 14, at this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there but she did not realise that it was Jesus. And so she continues crying. Jesus says, Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking she was, he was the gardener, she said, Sir, tell me if you've carried him away. Tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Why didn't she recognise Jesus here? Well, some commentators say it's because Jesus' resurrection body didn't look the same as his pre-resurrection body. And so there's a bit of a a confusion that's going on there and they don't recognise straight away. And there is some evidence of that. The disciples aren't easily uh, recognising him uh, later on when they see him as well. But I think part of the, the reason here with Mary is that she's got tears in her eyes, so she's probably got some blurred vision going on. And I think she is still harping on about her failed hope, that the body has gone missing. I believed in Jesus, was going to do everything that I wanted and then I believed that I was going to be able to mourn for him. Let me at least do that. Where's my body? I want to be able to mourn for him. And so she doesn't recognise that Jesus is the true hope because she's too busy mourning her failed hopes. And I think humans today are still like this. I ask the question, why don't people recognise Jesus as the true hope? Because they're too busy sooking over their failed hopes. They're too busy weeping over those things that they wanted to recognise that Jesus is the true hope. They're still upset that their possessions aren't satisfying them. They're too upset that their experiences aren't bringing that happiness that they sought. And they're too upset that people continue to fail them. And so they start to become pessimistic and think that no hope can bring me happiness. Nothing is going to bring me happiness. It's all a big sham and there is no happiness in this world. And so what do we need to recognise Jesus? We need to stop mourning over our hopes but how does Mary stop mourning over her hopes? Well it's when Jesus speaks to her. He speaks to her and asks, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? 
And then she responds and then verse 16, what does he do? Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. It was when Jesus spoke to her, called her by name, that she suddenly realised Jesus is the true hope. I've got to stop mourning about my failed hopes and recognise that Jesus is the true hope. He is the one that can truly save me. And it's the same today. It's when Jesus speaks to you, calls you by name and says, come to me, trust in me. How does he speak to you? Well, he speaks to you through his word. He tells you about himself. He tells you about his death. And then he tells you about his resurrection so that you can believe it as well. You can believe that he conquered death And then when he says that if you want to conquer death too, all you have to do is repent and trust in me, you think, I can do that. I can repent of my sins. I can say I'm sorry. I can put my trust in him. So I must be one of those people that is going to have eternal life. I am one who has hoped in Jesus and will have eternal happiness instead of eternal pain and anguish in hell. It's when Jesus speaks to you Read his word and as you read it, he calls you to come to himself, respond and put your hope in him. Is Jesus calling you today? Are you ready to recognise him as the one that defeats death, the true hope where all other hopes are dashed? Or are you too busy mourning failed hopes? Are you too much like Mary here tears in your eyes, too pessimistic, there is nothing that will save me, there is nothing that will help. Trust in Jesus, he is the one hope that can save. Or maybe you're not mourning failed hopes, you're actually trusting in something that has brought you a lot of happiness till now. You're a very wealthy person, the money keeps rolling in and you're thinking, yep, this is a great source of happiness, I'll continue hoping in money to be my source of happiness. Well, let me remind you that death will swallow up that hope eventually. You cannot take your money with you. You cannot take your beautiful house with you. You cannot take your flash car with you. You cannot take your friends and family with you. You cannot take those experiences, the movies that you've enjoyed, the music, you can't take them with you. Hopes in those things, they always fail. And if they haven't failed you yet, they will. Turn to Christ as the only source of true happiness, the only hope that cannot fail. Respond to Jesus today. Call him teacher as Mary does. Rabboni, teacher, teach me about yourself. Speak to me, call me by name. And then I'll do what you say. Notice that Mary obeys him in the later verses. Verse 17, Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. He's commanding her, Don't hold on, go. And what does she do? 18, Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. She puts her trust in him, recognises him as Lord, and then does what he says. Do that today and experience true happiness. 
this should make us very happy if we are Christians. Yesterday I was feeling a bit down. I rarely feel down. Um, it's not. I, I think people say I'm a bit of a happy-go-lucky kind of guy and I, I don't seem to uh, experience the downswings that some people do. But yesterday, for no particular reason, I was feeling down. I'm sitting there preparing this sermon and I'm trying to apply it to my own heart, which I try to do before I get up and speak so I'm not being a hypocrite. And it just struck me. Here I am, being down. And Jesus says to Mary, why are you weeping? I'm risen. You should be happy. Why are you crying? Why are you upset about anything? I am alive. And it struck me. Why am I unhappy about anything? He says here, the first words that Jesus speaks in his resurrected body are, what does he say? Woman, why are you crying? You've got nothing to be unhappy about. I am alive. And it hit me. Why am I down? Jesus is alive. Are you like that? Are you as a Christian unhappy about failed hopes, about people that have let you down, unhappy about you know, possessions that you would like and they aren't fulfilling that desire? Are you unhappy about the experiences that you just aren't getting and feeling down about it? Jesus says to you, why are you weeping? Why are you unhappy? I'm alive and you have eternal life too if you trust and believe in me. Don't be happy. Don't weep. Don't cry. Trust in Jesus. He is the one hope that really conquers death and can bring happiness. All the other things, yes, they bring pleasures and we can enjoy them. God does give us possessions, experiences, friends and family. But the one thing that brings us true happiness is Jesus Christ. Let us speak with him now. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that Jesus has been revealed as the true hope that does not fail. It appeared to his disciples and to Mary and to the people who followed him that he had failed when he was on the cross. But he was not failing. He was conquering death. And we see that he conquered death by the fact that he was raised to life. And so we too can put our trust in him and conquer death as well. When we die, we will have eternal happiness and life everlasting. Lord, help us as Christians not to weep over those things that we trust in to bring us happiness and when they fail, we get upset. Help us not to do that, Lord. Help us to seek happiness in Jesus and him alone. And Lord, if there is anyone here this morning who is trusting in something other than Jesus Christ, make them aware that that is a failed hope, that death will one day swallow that hope up. Lord, help them to fear that and to put their trust in you this morning. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.